Here's some bonus content from our food scientist on weed episode. We're calling it Cannabis Food Manufacturing 101. This is Cornucopia. recommendation to companies is, you know, to really look at their products as a drug delivery system and that they need to have uh, good manufacturing practices and standards that are at least equivalent to dietary supplements um, and that they they really pay attention and get active in the regulatory environment to shape it so that uh, it, it I guess keeps the, the the companies out that have you know highly uh, variable products or or products that um, have some safety issues because those products are the ones that are hurting the marketplace overall. Uh, so the sophistication of this industry is uh, relatively low in terms of the the regulatory and the scientific environment that, that would allow you know, these consistent products um, to be uh, trusted as a whole. Um, And we'll see California is going to be an interesting uh, transition because uh, there's a lot of companies who are not going to be able to meet the standards that are going into effect in January of 2018. And so there's going to be kind of a shakeup in the existing market with, you know, some new players coming in and also the concern about, the supply chain. Uh, I, I guess I want to reemphasize the ability to get consistent raw material um, yeah. for your particular application. So there's various grades of, of um, cannabis oil. There's various levels of distilling of cannabis oil. You can get cannabis oil that uh, THC oil that is is almost clear like a vegetable oil. Um, with with very little flavor components um, coming through, so you don't get the the cannabis weed taste. Um, to products that are very crude and still have a lot of waxes and other material plant materials in there that can that can make it difficult uh, to formulate a product, but also um, make it very difficult to to overcome that weedy uh, taste, which um, looking at it from the consumer side, I've talked to consumers with several clients, and some people like myself want to taste a little bit of that cannabis flavor because then we know it's there, and it actually has, for me, kind of a positive nostalgic effect. You know, um, your brain anticipates what's coming. Uh, other people who don't like that taste uh, find it find it very objectionable would prefer not to know that there was cannabis in there. So if it, it's a gummy, I want it to taste like a gummy. It's an, it's an interesting field. I mean, I really enjoy working with companies, uh, trying to give them solutions to, you know, their particular uh, product uh, uh, concerns and also their particular consumer market. Um, you know, acceptance varies by demographic. It varies by... Um, you know, again, uh, tolerance of, you know, uh, usage of other cannabis products. So those people who use cannabis, you know, smoke or vape cannabis, 
regularly have a higher tolerance and 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 many of those um you know don't like edibles because they don't get that instant um effect so it's just it's just a really complex market but from a manufacturing standpoint there's a lot of regulation and getting a marijuana license carries a lot of responsibility in in terms of providing essentially a drug product in a food form which is very difficult yeah and add in the human jackass factor <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see as this develops uh, Jerry Nicholsberg, the economist we talked to, mentioned there's already in Colorado a developing cannabis tourism industry. So clearly, people are going to be traveling back home with products they purchased in states where it's legal and where that will start to influence federal law. With uh, our leader at the top, <laughs> nobody knows, but uh, Mary Molly, food scientist, Mary, thanks again. Speak to us. And so does Gertrude Stein. I love you, Alice. Speak to us.